Welcome, you guys, to another episode of my podcast, Losing Your Religion and Finding Your Faith. This podcast is all about encouraging people to uh, recognize the things in their life that were just basically that they adopted that wasn't necessarily them um, when they were told how to behave, how to believe, and how you're supposed to act, and the type of life you're supposed to live. Um, we like to call it over here your religion. And we're empowering you and encouraging you to just shed all of that and really define for yourself how you're supposed to think, how you're supposed to, what you're supposed to believe in, how you're supposed to live, and, um, and ultimately create the life that you want to create and live. And so this episode particularly, we're going to be talking about intentions and affirmations so that you can really live the life that you're intuitively feeling within your gut that you're supposed to be living. So I think this episode is really critical to being able to live an authentic life because if you don't set the intentions for your life, if you don't um, speak positive affirmations over your life, then somebody else will determine the type of life that you're supposed to live. Uh, that somebody else or that something else or that other organization may be your parents, it may be your religion, it may be the culture that, you, that you're brought up in, maybe the music that you listen to, but somebody else will determine the direction that you're supposed to go with your life unless you take control of your life, you take the steering wheels of your life and you say, uh-uh, this is where I wanna go, this is where I wanna be. And that is the heart behind setting your intentions on a daily basis, on a minute-to-minute -minute basis, on an hourly basis, on a quarterly, yearly, really for your lifetime. And so I just want to give with you guys some tools that I've learned for myself. Not just have I, have I learned these things, um, like through a number of different ways, but really just through trial and error. Like I'm telling you, I'm not selling you nothing. I'm telling you what's absolutely free out there. And what I've practiced and what has just changed my life, my life has been completely different because of the things that I'm going to talk about, because of the intentions that I set for my life, because I learned how to develop the discipline of setting my intentions on a regular basis. Pretty much, I almost do it every single day, but I mean, I don't do it every single day, but at least five days, five to six, seven days a week, pretty much almost, um, I'm setting the intentions for my day. Um, macro big time view of my intentions, like I'm setting that, and then also on a day-to-day -day basis. So, um, Again, setting intentions for your life is absolutely vital to live an authentic life because if you don't, somebody else will. I think uh, step number one and the most important thing that you got to remember when you're setting an intention for your life, and this is going to be the hardest part really, um, but it's to feel the intention right now. Like the desired outcome, to feel that right now, even though you don't have it. So some people may call that faith. Some people will call that visualization, which is really important. Uh, Tiger Woods, arguably the best golfer of all times, talks about it. Like one of the things that his that he attributes so much of his success to is that every time he's getting ready to swing that putt, like like to swing that golf club or um, put the ball into the hole, he visualizes it already going in the hole. And then not only does he visualize it first, but he begins to feel what it'll feel like to let that ball go in the hole and the, 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 the joy that will come over him when he's achieved that success, even though it hasn't happened yet. And um, scientists will tell us that neurologically, that's how many times we get sick, 
Because you're not even sick, but you start telling yourself, man, I'm sick, I think I'm getting sick, and then your body begins to function in, in such a way that your mind said it was sick, so then the rest of your body begins to function and say, okay, we're sick, this is where we're going. Then that's, the, that's the, 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 the vibes that we send out to the universe too. You're just like, oh, you guys are looking for sickness, boom, here you go, and you actually may just be having a little cold, but it gets worse and worse and worse. Or it may hit home to some other people, even definitely hits home to me, but how many of us have known people that were they had cancer for a year, two years, but it wasn't until they know, they become intuitively aware, not intuitively, but like they, they actually recognize that they have cancer and then it just goes all downhill. But yet prior to that, they never told themselves they had cancer. They never told themselves they were sick. And yet we see them functioning in a healthy manner, though something else was going on. So I'm not saying it's not important to become aware of what's going on in your body. But what I am saying is that it is... I can't express how important it is um, that when you begin to believe something in your mind and then you verbalize it with your mouth, that that's what you create. That's the type of life and experience that you create. And so the first step to setting your intentions is to feel it right now. And I know that's hard, but it is the most important factor to receiving your intentions and declaring it is absolutely to just start feeling good about it. Like start feeling it like deep in your soul. Um, for my life, a little bit of background, if you don't know about me or may have not or have heard or just rehash it real quick, I lost absolutely everything uh, when I decided to step away from uh, my marriage and step away from the church. I lost everything. I lost uh, friends, um, sadly even family. I lost money. Um, and when you lose that many things, like those, like it's, it's devastating. It really is. Um, Financially, though, like, I literally, I'm not telling you I lost everything. I mean, I didn't know when I was going to eat plenty of times. Like, that was just common. Like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to eat this week. Not just today. I don't know how I'm going to get food this week. I don't know how I'm going to get around this week. I don't know. I remember going to uh, job interviews in downtown San Diego. And in those moments, like, you got to pay for meter parking and just going around trying to find the one that has the most green on it in the meter because I didn't have any money to put in the meter for a job interview. I remember one time um, going to the job interview and then coming out and um, and then looking around for my car. Like I couldn't find it up and down the hills, over, left and right. And come to find out, man, my car, it ended up getting towed. My tags were dirty. I didn't have um, good registration. On top of that, I had multiple tickets, parking tickets, because I couldn't afford to um, pay my parking tickets. They had mounted up so much, I couldn't even pay that. And so my car ended up getting towed, and I found out that it was towed. Thankfully, um, shout out to my mom. She actually gave me some money to be able to get it out. But what I'm telling you, like, I know what it's like to literally have nothing. This was just a few years ago. Um, sleeping on my brother's couch because I didn't have anywhere else to stay, you know, like I get it. Um, and I remember, and I'm just going to share with you guys right now, like how important it is to begin to feel it, even though you don't have it already. I remember sleeping in my brother's couch and waking up and, and then starting thinking like, man, this has to change. I've been busting my butt to try to like get a better job, to try to make some more money. But one of the things I was telling myself um, in those moments is I was telling myself things like, I'm broke. 
My identity was based on negativity at that time or my circumstances that were negative. Or I was saying things like, you know, when it rains, it pours. So like when you just, I'm just going through a bad time in my life. I'm just going through a hard moment. And it doesn't seem too foul. I mean, we all go through that and we say stuff like that. But it was those comments that kept keeping my vibration low and ultimately kept keeping me from feeling anything different. I was just feeling what I was experiencing. And what I'm saying to y'all, it was what I experienced for myself, is that you're greater than, your experience, than, than what you're experiencing. You have the ability to create something that's greater than what you're experiencing in real time at that moment. And that your power is outside of whatever you're experiencing in this present moment. So I, I remember thinking like, I have to start feeling different. I don't know if, if I think maybe I started listening to Abraham Hicks at that time. And they were just always talking about feeling good, feeling good, feeling good. And so maybe it was, that I don't remember what it was, but I remember thinking like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. And so I didn't know how to change my feelings because in that time I had the mindset like many of you guys might have a mindset that your feelings are always based on what's happening. You know, if it's your birthday, it's going to be a good day no matter what, right? If it's something bad happens in that day, oh man, it's a messed up day. You're late to work because it hit traffic and got a speeding ticket. It's a messed up day because our feelings are typically we always base them on, on happenstance and like just what happened today. And your feelings can be determined by something so much greater than that, which we'll talk about. But uh, the first thing for me was just gratitude because I didn't have anything really that was happening that should make me feel better. But gratitude taught me that I like how to feel good in this present moment, regardless of what I don't have or regardless of what I'm experiencing. And gratitude was like literally the attitude that just made everything about my life better. And it's because my focus began to shift. And you'll learn in life that you you focus not on what you, like you get in life, not what you want in life, but you really get in life what you focus on. So therefore, like when you focus on how broke you are, you get more financial brokenness, right? When you focus on like, how strong, how hard times are. You get nothing but more and more and more struggles. So I began to focus through gratitude on all of my blessings. Even some of this was stuff that I learned growing up in church. The little songs that you listen to, count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God has done. Like those little stuff started coming back to me. I'm like, all right, count my blessings. Like be grateful. Um, just like I wake up in the morning and I remember thinking like, man, at least I'm in my brother's couch, you know, like my brother's here. He wasn't even around for so many years because he was in New York and in the Peace Corps. And then, um, man, it just hits me tough. Like, I just remember it was like, sucks. Like I was in my brother's couch and I started feeling happy, you know, even though I had my own house before. But when you focus on what you didn't have, like then that again, you're never going to feel good. When you focus on what you don't have, you don't feel good. But when you begin to focus on what you do have, it begins to change the way that you feel. Um, I remember my brother would just wake up, you know, and like he, I'm like, getting ready to go work or apply for a job, um, and he would just give me a hug, and I would just start focusing on like, man, I'm just, I'm just grateful for that. I'm just so grateful for that. Um, that's how I ended up getting this little ranky dang job that I don't ever want to have. But I remember thinking. Like, man, I'm making minimum wage. This is crazy. I was making six figures a few years ago. I'm making minimum wage right now. But, like, 
I'm grateful for it, you know? And I just think like, it's just gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Um, but gratitude is the first step, you know, to really seeing your, your intentions come to pass. Uh, because gratitude will help you begin to feel good. I think that's just universal for everybody. So then specifically, though, you got to ask yourself, what are the things that help you feel good um, in life? For me, it's like good six, seven things. Like one of them is working out. I work out religiously pretty much six, seven days a week. I don't do it because I don't have this particular body shape and goals. People ask me all the time, well, what you working out today? I don't know. I just want to feel good. Are you doing chest? Are you doing arms? Are you doing legs? Like, I'm just trying to feel good. Why do you work out so consistently? What's your goal? Are you training for a race? Nope. I just want to feel good. Like, that is it. When I was in my most despair, depressed moments, when I couldn't control anything in my life, I realized one thing I could control, because thankfully I'm physically able to, I can just get out and run and just start running and like at least drop my weight or, or feel or increase my mile time. At that time, I set this type of goals and then I started feeling good in those runs. I started becoming a form of meditation for me because everything that was going on in my mind, it would just like would turn off and, and now I'm just floating, 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 floating just in my mind and just get that runner's high, I guess is what they call it. I've never been a runner my whole life, but athletic. But the point is, is that I just started feeling good working out. So even now, like, one of the things that it's a regular routine for me, I don't care what I'm doing, my kids know, if they're here with me, like, Bobby's gotta go work out. If I'm with somebody or whatever, like, people know, I just gotta work out, I got to get out because it makes me feel good. Um, I don't set my intentions for the day, or I sadly sometimes don't even believe my intentions for the day, um, or for the year, or for my life, unless I'm feeling good. And that's why optimism is critical, and feeling good is critical to um, setting your intentions because they, you, you feel confident about life when you feel good about life. When you're happy, you feel optimistic about your goals and you, you pursue them with more vigor and more passion when you feel good. So I work out. Um, second thing for me was like laughing. I came from a really religious background, really religious marriage even, like where I couldn't even watch rated R movies or comedies, but I remember like, dude, I don't care anymore. Like I need to laugh. So one of the things that helped me with my depression, I would watch Chris Rock specials or I watch Kevin Hart or um, Dave Chappelle, just anything and everything just to make me laugh. And laughing, obviously, is what it does. Mm. It makes you feel good. So, um, again, like, I wouldn't even set intentions even now unless I'm feeling good. And so, like, laughter is a part of it. Sometimes when I'm down, I just turn on a comedy and boom, comedy special on Netflix and just start laughing. Um, but one of the things, I guess like the top, the top two that just every day are within my control that I can implement at any moment is, um, working out. The second one is music. I have a playlist every morning. One of the first things that I do in the morning, um, is I go right to that playlist and it's the playlist that I have with nothing but encouraging songs that have gotten me through so much in life. And it's the same stuff. I listen to it pretty much every single day, um, there was that time where I was really, really, really struggling. Like I said, like not knowing, I didn't know where my food was gonna come from sometimes. I didn't know um, how I was gonna be able to provide for my kids or even myself or anything. And some of these songs would hit me. One of them was this uh, by, by an artist named Chronix. And he has a song um, that says, I can. It's real conscious, like um, reggae type of vibe. And it, I remember there's this line in there. He says, sometimes I'm lost and I'm 
far from home. And then he says, but I'll find my way. It says, I follow my heart and I know I'll be found someday. It says, while I'm lost, I learn and live. What do you say? Let's have a good time until that day. I, I just remember like those little lines would just hit me. Even though my situation isn't good, the music that I'm listening to is inspiring and helping me feel good. And even that part, like we're just like, let's have, even um, while I'm lost, I learn and live. What do you say? And he says like, let's have a good time until that day. Um, and he goes on to just be like, like, when I rise, I stare at the sun and I know it's a blessing. So when the evening comes, I lift my hands and I look to the hills and I know I'm blessed. And then it says, I can, and I can, and I can, and I can. And it reminds me a lot of like when you go to church and they start to sing worship songs and everybody prays and worship songs. And you're in this community, this environment of people that are all singing and believing the same things. And we'll do it on another episode, but I got this guy coming in that's going to talk about the power of music and how since we're vibratory beings, um, certain strands and cores like affect us and are, they literally change our vibration. And But you match that with empowering lyrics and it does get you to this point where you almost get in this other state of being. But it is a point where you can actually believe anything and everything that's told to you in those moments. And then therefore the pastor comes up and then preaches his truth. Um, so we see this happening all the time in church. And not just in churches. I mean, there was this influencers conference in Southern California not too long ago, just recently. You had Tony Robbins. You had Gary Vee. You had um, all these motivational speakers. Um, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. You know, all these people. And... What you see is music, 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 because music does something to you vibrationally. It does something to you that helps you get to the state of um, belief. And um, it really, it ultimately makes you feel good. And when you feel good, you begin to set intentions about your life. You're like, no, I can do this. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do that. Today's going to be a good day. And that all came from the basis of you feeling good. And so music, music is huge to me, huge to me. And every single day, every single day, even if I don't get my workout in, I'm listening to something that's going to help me feel good. Um, another thing that helps me feel good is just, just helping out other people. Uh, there's that verse, you know, in the Bible that says, it's better to give than to receive. And there is something that happens with me, and maybe you've experienced it too, that when you help somebody else, um, there's this, this goodness that comes over you or just like, man, like I love what I just did. And fortunately, if you can be in a career where that's what you do is help people. I'm in sales and I feel the sales. That's what I do. Like, yeah, I get bonus or commission the more people that I help, but it's really that simple. When I help people, when I'm a solution to the needs that they have, I feel so good. Even if there was no bonus, like there's an extra bonus of the goodness that comes over my life because of the feeling that I have. Um, completing tasks helps me feel good. Sometimes when I know I'm not really, I'm, I'm lacking in confidence, I try to just set some small little tasks that I can do. And whether it be just, I'm gonna clean my room today. That's my intention, I'm clean my room. And then I just do something that simple, it's like, boom, I feel good. Um, another thing, being staring at the moon, it sounds kind of creepy or crazy, but I love to stare at the moon. I would stare at the sun if I could. Um, I would stare at the stars, I would stare at um, just being near the water. Those things make me feel so good. 
Again, I'm talking about the stuff that make me feel good. Um, and they're, they're the first step to seeing your intentions um, come to fruition, to seeing the affirmations that you declare, seeing them come to pass. You've got to feel good. Uh, for a year of my life, I lived in Houston, and it was a really rough, rough time for me. And one of the reasons why I was so hard is because some of these elements that helped me feel good just weren't around. So the things that check off my boxes weren't there, like being able to, I mean, there's so many clouds there all the time. I never would like get to see the moon and the stars. And I was longing for that. Um, born and raised in San Diego and my family's from Panama. Like I need to see the ocean. I'm just like a Caribbean water boy. Like I just, I need to see the ocean. Even if I don't dip in it, just being near the, the waves, it just does something to me. Being somewhere where I can see a view. In San Diego, I love that there's so many rolling mountains and hills and because I can just go and just get perspective. And when I was living in that city, it was really hard for me because I didn't have those things. So it was hard for me to feel good. Um, but um, I'm just so thankful, so thankful that I'm in a place. Again, there's an intention that I set as simple as like, hey, I'm leaving this city. I've got to go. I've got to be able to survive. And I didn't know it that clearly then, but I've got to be by the things that check off my boxes that help me um, feel good. Um, being around a positive community is another one. Good friends, good company, positive um, people in my life always make me feel good. So if you're fake, you <laughs> not in my life. I just don't have fake people. I don't have negative people in my life. My Theo, before he passed away, is one of the things he told me. He said, hey, son, like, don't hang out with negative people. And not that I had negative people in that time, but he knew I was struggling. He's like, man, you don't need that negativity around you. And it's, I hold on to that. Um, so I got positive community. That always helps me feel good. Um, spending time with my kids gasses me up like like nothing else, you know? Like just seeing my offspring and being with my babies, like that makes me feel so good. But again, like you can only focus on what you can control. My situation, I can't just see my kids whenever I want. And sometimes I get really sad about that. And then I have to literally shift and accept and be like, all right, Victor, but what does make you feel good right now? Work out. Well, you worked out already. You ran six miles. Okay, well, I still don't feel good. Listen to music. Okay, that doesn't, you know, that did it. Helped it for a little bit. Complete some tasks. Help other people. Be, you know, there's, I know what helps me feel good. Um, for you to see your intentions come to pass, like, figure out what it does that helps you feel good. And don't do nothing else but that. If you don't feel good, don't do it. Seriously. If it does not feel good, don't do it. Something that I didn't hear growing up. I always was told if it feels good, then you shouldn't do it because it's probably of the flesh. But again, there's some maturity with that. Um, but if it doesn't feel good, you don't need to be doing it. Um, one day we'll get to it, but like, I don't know, <laughs> we'll get to it. But feel the intention. Feel the intentions right now. Um, it tells your body that it's already here. Um, I remember being super... Uh, financially just not having it. And I remember because of gratitude, I already began to feel like I was rich. I already began to feel like I had millions in my bank account because the feeling that I already felt was the equivalent. Like, I don't know, I, mean, I don't have millions of dollars. Maybe one day I will. But like, I, I couldn't have felt any better. I couldn't have just through practicing gratitude and to making sure that I feel good. But when you feel good, the same way it begins to tend, send a, a communication from your body, um, from your mind to the rest of your body, you also send a frequency, you also send a signal to the universe, and it begins to respond accordingly. 
And that's why I believe that when Jesus said, when you pray, like, don't doubt. Because if you doubt, don't expect to receive anything. Literally, don't expect to receive nothing when you pray and you're doubting at the same time. Um, so that's kind of the problem. That's, that's, that's the, real, the real life struggle is if you're struggling financially broke, how do you begin to already feel like you're rich? Well, I'm telling you, gratitude is one of them. But how do you begin to um, practice or affirm or set intentions that contradict um, the feelings that you have? And first of all, feelings come from a story that we tell ourselves. Um, they, you know, like some people are scared of bugs. I'm scared of spiders. I don't like spiders. I really don't. Um, but it's because of a story. It's because of incidents and the instances and experiences that I've had. So I see a spider, like I'm kind of tripping out. Like I just don't like them things. Um, Whatever we have feelings about all kinds of stuff. Say you like somebody. The only reason why I like them is because you're telling yourself in your mind that that person is really good for you until you experience different, and then you tell yourself in your mind that person's not good for you. Then you lose feelings um, really fast. Um, but um, I gotta stay on track. Um, but um, but yes, like you've got to really like begin to feel um, what it is that you're that that you're in that your intentions. Um, that you desire for them to be. And so, even still, people will ask me, like, do you still pray? And I kind of, I, I really, honestly, I, I don't really pray, like, a ton. Mm. Like, I don't pray in the sense of, like, needing and requesting anymore. I really don't ask God, like, for anything. Uh, because I truly believe that you and I are co-creators with God. Like, and if, lest you believe that, that you're a co-creator with God, then your self-esteem is too, too, too low. When we look at it from a Bible standpoint, the Bible teaches us that God created um, heavens and earth and the things that are invisible and invisible. He created all of these things by the power of his word and sustains them and holds them together by the power of his word. That's what Hebrews tell us. The book of Genesis tells us that God spoke all these things into existence. Let there be light, boom, there was light. Let there be man, boom, like there was man. All right, I'm gonna make a woman. Like it's all these things that God spoke into existence, it came, everything that he spoke came into existence by the power of his word. And then the book of John tells us that that word is so powerful. It was there with God in the beginning. The book of John tells us that that word, that person became flesh. The word became flesh and it was Jesus. And I believe that, this is different than what I used to believe, but I believe that Jesus was truly here to give us an example and to teach us how we ought to be and function in this world. Some things that Jesus did that I just disagree with now, I just think that we've come to a place of far more enlightenment, but like there's so many things Jesus was far more enlightened than I was and like that I am right now. But I do believe that he came as an example to show us on how we're supposed to live. And he prayed continually that we would see ourselves. Read John chapter 17. Read John chapter 10. Over and over, Jesus is like saying, like, I want them to be one just as you and I, Father, are one. So Jesus saw himself as a co-creator with God. He saw himself as one with God. He saw himself as with God in the beginning. Now, the difference between where I'm at now and Christian theology is that the Bible teaches that um, Christians believe that Jesus was the only one that pre-existed. 
Um, I just don't believe that. I really don't. I think that we be existed in souls as a soul, and that's why we're going to eternally exist as our soul continues to exist. But I believe that in that that essence of whoever I was was with God in the beginning. That essence is still with me now. Um, and but as it pertains to what we're talking about right now, is that Jesus understood he had the ability to create, and that they created this world together. You and I similarly have the ability to create our world, like co-creator with God, co-creator with the universe, co-creator with that divine source and power. You have that ability to create it. And the way that you do it is by setting intentions. We do that every single day, every day. There's nobody that got a job that wasn't thinking like, okay, I want to do that job. And never set an intention to like, okay, I'm going to apply for that job. Or, oh, I'm going to interview for that job. There's nothing in your life that you didn't do or receive, which I even believe coming into this world was an intention that, that you set long before your consciousness even knew about it. You probably don't even know that now, but I really believe that we set this intention to come onto this earth. We set this intention to learn and to go through certain things that help, that will whether it be to purify your soul, whether it be to not purify our soul, because I think our souls are pure, or whether it be to learn lessons or whether it be to love and spread love and, and um, teach other lessons to other people. But there was an intention, the same way Jesus Christ had an intention to come to this earth with a purpose. You had an intention and you came to this earth and to this world with a purpose. You, We exist setting intentions all of the time. Um, the problem is, is that many of us set intentions that are based on failed past behavior or failed past experiences. And so the intentions that we keep setting are over, intentions and the affirmations are just repeating its cycle constantly over and over and over and over. Um, so going back to, to being a co-creator with God and how my prayer life, if you call it, has changed, um, it's because it was before I used to pray out of fear or, or pray from a sense of, of neediness. Like, I don't have, therefore I need. Um, or like, all right, God, I want this job. So like, please, God, please bless me with a job. Or, oh God, I'm lonely. Please bless me with a relationship. Or, oh God, like, um, this is going bad. Can you please fix it? I don't pray like that anymore. Because one, that's coming from a place of lack. And um, lack only gives more lack. Like, Instead, it, <laughs> sounds stupid. But when you begin to pray them from a place of substance, when you pray from a place of abundance, then you actually receive more of that. So it's not that I'm making it up in my mind that I that I have a whole that I have a whole bunch when I don't. But again, it's gratitude. It's recognizing that you do. I think Philippians, the book of Philippians, was spot on when it said, and I think it's Philippians chapter two, chapter two. When it says that when you pray, make all your prayer requests um, with and prayer requests and supplication with thanksgiving. So even the writer Paul in the book of in the Bible like said like, hey, when you pray, understand the prayers that get answered are those that come from a place of gratitude. They come from a place of thankfulness, not from this place of fear and this place of neediness, like because you don't have because you actually have a lot. And sometimes when we that that's why gratitude is so important and thankfulness is so important because. It makes you aware of what you have. And when you're aware of what you have, then you begin to feel the abundance of what you have. And therefore, now when I pray, I don't pray focused on what I don't have. I'm praying coming from a space of what I already have, even if I haven't experienced it yet. But I already know it's mine. It's just a matter of time to catch up and time. What is it? You know what I'm saying? Like 
we ex time is is man-made it really is 12 o'clock five o'clock all that stuff is man-made um however the delay in things happening is actually working out for our benefit right like the fact that some things don't come the immediately as soon as we request it, as soon as we put the order out there um that delay um builds character that delay um, builds perseverance. It, it it builds your faith. It builds your confidence in um, the divine source, and it it builds um, um, again. Like it just it strengthens you and it builds you up. So I do pray, but I pray from a place of already having it. I already have it. I've had two jobs that I didn't have, but I already knew that I had it, even when they gave the job to somebody else. Um, and I still walk in that confidence of like, that's mine. I know that's what's meant for me. So I don't ask any, for anything anymore. Um, I just declare it. And that's what intentions are. You're declaring what you want in your life because you are a co-creator with God. And unless you see yourself as a co-creator with God, um, you will not get the God-like, the divine, the blessings, the mega blessings that the universe wants to send your way continuously because your self-esteem and your belief is too far low. So um, prayers, intentions, it's not about asking. It's truly about declaring. It's the reason why the book said, the Bible says in Proverbs, it says that life and death are in the power of a tongue. Like one of the hurtful, most hurtful things that somebody has ever done to me is not somebody hitting me in my face or when I got jumped in Skyline Park. Like, that was not hurtful. The most hurtful things that people have said that have done to me are the things that people have said to me. Like, words are so powerful. And what are the most empowering things that somebody has done for me? It's not something like a handout or something those have, and I'll talk about one in a little bit, but they have been very um, um, beneficial in my life. But one of the most empowering things that people have ever done to me is when people speak life to me. I screenshot text messages, screenshot emails. I hold on to stuff that empower me, words that empower me. It's the reason why, if you come from a religious background, you memorize Bible verses because those words empower you. Life and death are truly in the power of the tongue. And so setting your intentions, it's not about asking because you don't have. It's literally about declaring and um, aligning the universe, your life, your mind, your heart, your body, your soul, your feelings with what's already meant for you. And you know what's meant for you because there's a part of you that's been yearning for it. And it's just a matter of you positioning yourself to express it, to feel it, to envision it, and to be in a place where you can, where you can receive it. Um, so feeling your intentions is really, really, really important. Um, there was a time where, like I said, bank account was always in the negative. I mean, I am no money at all. I have anything. Um, but I remember um, starting to practice this. I remember sitting on my brother's couch. And I remember thinking, like, oh, I, I don't want to come from a place where I need money. But I do need money. <laughs> like, I got bills to pay. I've got a life to live, and I don't mean like turn up, but I just, it's hard to even really live life when you can't drive anywhere. It's hard to, to go to work when you don't have gas to go to work. It's hard to apply for a job when, when you're wearing baggy clothes that doesn't fit you anymore. And you know, it's just, you're looking sloppy. Like in some ways you really like could utilize some money. Um, 
And because of my background with money, I remember with church, like in the Bible verses, like the love of money is the root of all evil. You can't serve both God and money. And all these verses were coming to my mind about how money and Jesus and God are just opposites of each other. And how I don't need to, like, how pursuing money, you know, just doesn't, isn't a good thing, even though you need it. And so I really struggled with it, um, with money for a very long time. But I decided to take some time one, one time and one morning, laying on my brother's couch. I had no job to go to. I turned on an application, application after application, and wasn't getting any sort of response back. I remember I couldn't even get the job at, uh, at Albertsons. I got a college degree and everything. Uh, no criminal record, nothing. But I was like, there's something's going on. So I was like, I need to change my view, my perspective on money. And I ended up writing down something that I'll just uh, just share with you guys. Uh, this is my money af um, af um, affirmation, even though I was super broke. But again, it's talking about feeling it before you even already have it. Um, I wrote down, I said, uh, money is all around me like the air that I breathe. So I pause and I breathe. Money comes that comes to me that easily. Money comes to me that naturally. And money is that attracted to me. At this very moment, money is making its way to me. It's approaching me. Money surrounds me like water as I look up from the ocean's floor. Uh, money was created with me in mind. Money is great for me to possess. I control money. I already have money. I do not need money. I appreciate and properly value money. I stand underneath the mighty waterfall of money with a large smile and arms stretched out, body gleefully drenched as every drop and every gallon is money richly being poured out to me. I remember saying that it was in May a few years ago. Um, it was in March a few years ago. And I would say that to my, like say it every single day. A couple months later, I remember um, sleeping on my brother's couch, waking up, and I go reach for my phone because it was on my phone, and I started reading exactly what I read. And again, I started, like, prior to that, though, I started feeling like, dude, I feel rich, but my bank account don't know it yet. Like, it's just still um, thinking that we don't have the money. But then I remember, and when you don't have any money, there's no need to look in the bank account. And it's kind of, like, different when there's no food in the fridge. Like, you keep opening it, thinking that it's there, and ain't nothing there. But I remember thinking like, all right, let me just look at my bank account. And I remember like something happened that just changed my life. I had a, um, a boss that I hadn't worked for in over a year ago at this time. Over a year, I had not talked to him at all. But that boss, when I opened up my bank account, I saw a deposit for over $2,300, okay? I was like, what in the world? Where did this come from? Um, I didn't know, but I saw like his name next to it. I didn't even know he knew my bank account information. I hadn't talked to him in a year. And in some ways, it was kind of like I quit, you know, like that job because it just wasn't working out for me. I was trying to find something else to do. And like I had this money in my bank account. I thought it was a mistake. Um... And I thought it would be taken away. And so what I did super fast, I went to the bank and, you know, took the cash out. Because <laughs> I didn't want it to get revoked or nothing like that. Or it was a, a deposit by error. Um, but I took that cash out so fast. And then I remember, like, 
hitting them up, kind of, I was there was some interpretation, right? Because I didn't want to say it was a mistake or anything. And he just said, man, you were just on my mind, you know? Um, and I had some extra money. I just want to give it to you. Uh, all I could say, honestly, at the time was just thank you. Like, you have no idea. This person wasn't a, a religious man by any means. He didn't go to church, nothing. Um, but it began, I was in such a hole, like I needed something like that to get me out of the financial hole. And my car, I couldn't drive it because the tags were bad. I had tickets upon tickets. I couldn't pay for my registration because the tickets were attached to it. Like, I was just in such a hole and that finally gave me the opportunity to renew my license because that was suspended to buy new registration tickets and like a number of other stuff. And I was finally able to do that. But more importantly than just getting out of that little hole that I was in financially, on top of that, I was able to, um, to like to see my kids. And the most empowering thing about it though is that it allowed me to see the power of setting your affirmations and beginning to feel it before you even have it. And at that point, it set me on a crazy collision, like just course of just like, all right, I'm setting my intentions every single day. I'm going to, I'm gonna set my intentions. I broke it down to that point um, from intentions on different categories, my jobs, income, hobbies, relationships, family, my relationship with myself. I set intentions and I still have intentions for every single one of those things. But at that point, like after years, in, I mean years of struggling, years of, of hitting my head against the wall constantly, not being able to get over the, head, over the edge, I still had some struggles after that point, trust me, I still did. But I finally began to see some progress. Um, and so I set, I set intentions, which I just encourage each one of you guys, like begin to set intentions, like put your life in some certain categories. Like um, I have three ways typically that I make money. I have my main job, a DJ and speaking engagements, things like that. So I set intentions for every single one of those. Um, and they all need to be based though on your identity because even though we say things verbally, again, subconsciously, the signal that we're sending in the universe is the opposite. So like for instance, when you're having, when you don't wanna be in a bad relationship, but yet you tell yourself subconsciously, I don't deserve a good one. I don't deserve a good man. I don't deserve a good one. Like that's the signal that's truly being sent out. Um, so like I realized that if I want to see more success in myself, in work and speaking engagements and DJing, I need to change my identity of who I see myself in every single one of those. Um, so from a sales standpoint, I, I have an affirmation that I say every single day. Like that it's very simple. It's a good leads come to me in abundance. Why? Because I am a solution to people's needs. Um, DJing wise, like um, even um, with sales, that's how I look at sales. I'm just helping people out in their needs. And I started saying these, like for instance, last month I had the greatest month sales wise I've ever had. Leads were coming to me in abundance and I was closing them and handling them. I know where they were coming from. It comes from setting the um, intentions. Last month again, I DJed more than I have ever DJed super swamped and super busy. Why? Because again, I believe that I'm a solution to people's needs, DJing wise. And you put that out there and the universe sends signals into other people that you don't even know. The same way it sent a signal to my boss, um, former boss, who I've invested 
if anything, I just, I never gave back the money that I was getting from him because, um, I mean, when I was, it's like, like, not like I had earned like a super great living with him, um, because he gave to me more than I contributed to the company. And then afterwards, he just still giving me money, like still gave me money. Like I wasn't even a star performer or anything like that. But my point is, is that when you send these signals out to the universe, there's 6 billion people and God can put it on anybody's heart to reach out to you. Not necessarily with a one-time gift like my boss did that helped me, but like I said, on a day-to-day -day basis, people are reaching out to me that I don't know from a sales standpoint, from a DJing standpoint, from a speaking engagement standpoint, um, because your identity first needs to be set and then your intentions need to match with that and you need to begin to feel that. Um, hobbies, relationships, um, friends, friendships. I began to think because of my past background that I was a sinner and that I'm not a good friend and I'm not a good dad and I'm not a good spouse and all that stuff. And again, I had to change my perspective and change my affirmations. And it begins with me, really, do I truly believe I'm a good man? Do I truly believe I'm a good father? Do I truly believe I'm a good friend? Do I truly believe I can be a good partner to somebody? Yes, 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 yes. All right, so on that, I'm setting intentions, all right? I want to spend more time with my kids. I want good friends in my life. I want to be able to be with somebody who's going to reciprocate like the goodness that I give out. You know, like all that. But again, I be and then beginning to feel all of that. Um, so I remember even like, man, just last month, a little bit more personal. Um, like obviously I'm divorced. So obviously that means a relationship came to an end. Uh, my daughter's mom, there was another relationship that came to an end. And one of the intentions that I set on a regular basis is that, yes, I know I'm a good father. Yes, I know I'm a good co-parent, like, with my ex-wife. I know I'm a good co-parent, like, with my daughter's mom. Therefore, I should be at peace with them because I'm a good co-parent with them. It's one of the things I say to myself every single day, all throughout the day. I don't need to be at odds with my ex-wife. I don't need to be at odds with my daughter's mom because I'm a good co-parent with them. And they know that I love my kids. You know, and, and thankfully, like, my relationship with them have come full 360. Like, I'm really at peace with them. It's not all just based because I set my intentions. They've also gone through their work, and they've been mature, and they've, you know, also just good people. And so my point of saying all this is that, again, um, setting your intentions is some powerful, powerful stuff. It's really, really, really powerful. Uh, when you set your intentions, um, then... It helps you throughout your day determine what you say yes to and what you say no to. So it's important to set it on a daily basis. Like first thing in the morning, that's what I'm doing. I'm setting my intentions for the day. Therefore, when the stuff, when people or things come into my life that align with the intentions that I set for that day, boom, I'm saying yes already because I already know this is what this is the order that I put out there. It's like when you literally go to a restaurant and you put in the order and you're looking around, there's food, there's meals going around to all kinds of people and you're looking like, uh, that's not my banana um, French toast pancakes. But when you see banana French toast pancakes coming, you're like, okay, that's my order. It's coming to me. Because you already know what your intentions were. It's very clear what you want in life. And therefore, you put the order out, God's going to begin to send that and it's going to start coming your way. I'm telling you, I'm telling you it's going to come your way. And therefore, also, when you set your intentions on a day-to-day -day basis, um, whoever or whatever does not align with those affirmations, it's really easy to just be like, no, that's not for me. It doesn't matter, oh, that might look good, but that's not what I ordered. That's not for me. 
And if maybe next time I want that, then what do I have to do? Simply, the next time I come, put in the order for it. If, and that's why your, your intentions too, like goals, reevaluate them on a regular basis. You're not married to your intentions for the rest of your life. But there's a season in which you're at where when you're quiet and you're tapped in and a voice begins to speak to you of like, say this. Because when you say it, you declare it. You are setting an intention and begin to feel that and you envision that. And I promise you, you will begin to experience it. Our intentions are so powerful. You're so powerful because you are a co-creator with God. I'm telling you, five years ago, I'm exactly where I wanted to be. I'm, I'm, exactly where I, I'm exactly where I wanted to be five years, what I said to what I said five years from now. I know that next year I'm going to be exactly where I want to be. I know that five years after that, I'm going to know exactly where I'm going to be. Ten years after that, I know exactly where I'm going to be. Because you're that powerful. I'm that powerful. You are a co-creator with God. So go live the life that you want to live. Go create the life that you want to create. Like you can, you can experience it right now. Right now, you can begin to feel it. Right now, you begin to declare it. And real soon, I promise you, you're going to begin to experience it. So let's levitate together. I hope you're encouraged by this. If there's somebody that you know that can benefit from it, um, share with them. Um, man, and then also share with me like how you're beginning to see because you're setting your intentions. And again, it's not just, sorry, I don't know if I mentioned this because it's very important. It's not just important to set it throughout the, in the morning and then forget about it um, and then tell yourself other things that are opposite that. Set multiple alarms throughout your day like I do to revisit my intentions that I set in the morning because you know life happens. But um, as you guys are seeing more progress, you know, and you're seeing growth and all that, like, man, drop a line, reach me on IG at Vic.Speaks on um, on YouTube at Vic.Speaks as well. Um, but let me know how you're also um, seeing a lot of growth in your life. I appreciate you guys. Until the next episode, we still got so much more to come.